Hello and welcome to Michael Jackson Unspun. My name's Matt, the video creator behind the detail. I'm also here with MJ Fangirl as usual. And uh, we have another very special episode where we are again discussing different sort of hotly debated topics around Michael Jackson. And we've invited uh, a few fans uh, from around the world. Um, well, not so so much around the world this time, more, you know, US, Canada based. Um, but let's introduce you to a couple of them to discuss this matter at hand, which is um, all around Michael Jackson and plastic surgery. So, participant number one. Um, so, my name is Mason. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 17, and I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, my association with Michael Jackson actually started when I was really young. My mom had played Michael Jackson, and I really never thought of anything. But um, as sort of I got into high school, I got really into impersonating Michael Jackson. Oh, wow. And really understanding his, understanding his craft. And I... I love a lot of Michael Jackson. I, I'm obsessed. Ask any of my friends. <laughs> say one thing about Mason, and they're like, Michael Jackson. <laughs> so, I think some of us can relate. So, yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, brilliant. And participant number two. So my name is Anna, and I just actually turned 22 a couple of days ago, and um, I'm from Portland, Oregon. Yeah, Woo-hoo. pretty cool. Um, I'm from Portland, Oregon, and um, <laughs> my history with like being an MJ fan is that I was like super obsessed when I was in middle school. It was like a huge, like kind of like you, like my huge phase. Like everyone associated me with like Michael Jackson. I had like every poster on every corner of my room. It was insane, and I think like I it it was cool to see it then when I was like really young because I was just like oh my god he's so great he's so great he does all this stuff and this and then now as an adult looking back on like me like admiring him and like seeing it from a different perspective and looking at his life and like the life he led and all the things that happened it's like a whole different like perspective and it's like even more like mesmerizing to me that like he was who he was even though all that stuff you know that happened to him and and the legacy he led so Mm. Amazing. Cool. And then we have participant number three, Brad. Yeah, hi there. My name is Brad. I'm 23. I'm from Ohio. And I've just always loved being creative. That's why I love being in broadcasting, you know, journalism. It's always been really cool to me just sit down and talk to people and find out what I could do. So I really appreciate doing Mm -hmm. this and I'm excited to have a good conversation. Brilliant. Okay, cool. Um, So we'll get into today's discussion, which is all around, like I said, Michael Jackson and plastic surgery and the question at hand that I posed to everyone on Instagram and had a bit of a poll about it was, was Michael Jackson a plastic surgery addict? Um, And it was actually pretty split, which I was quite surprised about. Um, You know, lots of people saying, Unfortunately, he was, and I think it was a lot of insecurities and emotional issues that he had around, you know, his appearance and and plastic surgery in that respect. And then there was others saying, of course not, you know, the media overblew everything. He barely had any plastic surgery. So I'm really excited to hear more about your guys and what your opinion is about Michael Jackson, his kind of relationship with his face, his appearance, and obviously plastic surgery as well. 
So obviously the two are synonymous with each other as the result of countless column inches dedicated to the artist's changing appearance over the decades, from lip reductions and cheek implants to eye reshaping and botched nose jobs. There isn't much that Michael Jackson's face hasn't allegedly undergone as stated in the tabloids. So overtly sensationalized by media outlets or downplayed by the artist himself, uh, what is the truth behind the years of speculation and to what extent uh, was Michael Jackson addicted to plastic surgery, even if he was? Uh, but I'm just interested to hear different people's opinions around what they actually think, you know, maybe our kind of perspective has changed on this. Maybe we don't, I don't know, I feel like in the 2000s and the 90s, it was very much like, oh my God, you're an addict and you must stop and someone needs to tell you rather than maybe today there'd be a more sensitive approach around someone who might have a compulsion or addiction, which we can talk about as well. Uh, but first off, let's start off with uh, MJ Fangirl. What's your kind of opening statement on this subject? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, hello, my name's MJ Fangirl. Um, <laughs> I think, I don't know if it, I, okay, so in terms of a plastic surgery, I don't know if it was an addiction, but I do feel like mm. he was a perfectionist and he took that as a part of um, just like his persona as an artist, but also on a personal level. And I feel like um, Michael Jackson was just never satisfied. So maybe that was just um, his inner perfectionist coming out. Um, and I don't necessarily know if I would say that he was addicted, but I definitely think that he t tried to tweak things until they were perfect in his own eyes. Um, so kind of going along with what MJ Fangirl said, um, the 1995 interview with uh, Diane Sawyer, he kind of mentions that he is a perfectionist and that he really, he really, that, that was ingrained from his father and kind of going along with his father. His father bullied him a lot when he was a child, you know, calling him big nose you're not black enough, you're not my child, whatever. And just going mm. along with that. So he kind of wanted to change, I guess, but I don't think he was an addict. And I mean, he kind of got the plastic surgeries after the ones failed because um, he complained of breathing problems. And I don't think he might have thought it was his nose, but also then again, when they did his autopsy mm. and that he had chronically inflamed lungs yeah i think that perfectionism like i was thinking about it actually yesterday on my walk um around how you know that was kind of drilled into him as a child you know that it was almost like he had to perfect those dance moves and get that note just right and get everything perfect and it was almost like you know if you've got a father who's a very intimidating figure there and he's there with his cane or his shoe or his stick or whatever he had and, you know, it was almost full survival where he had to be perfect. That's how he felt. And that's what, you know, kind of motivated and drove him to be such an amazing performer and, you know, the kind of legendary uh, performer as, you know, who he was. Um, and, you know, maybe that extended into other, you know, anxieties around performing the best and having to be the best performer, but then also anxieties around his, uh, his looks and having to look the best. And, you know, that's something which comes up into his 20s, a lot of insecurities around the way that he looked. And, you know, plastic surgery is one element. It's kind of, you know, quite a drastic and blunt instrument in order to um, to change your appearance. But I'm sure in many different ways, whether, you know, he had to perfect how his hair looked and how his makeup looked and what clothes he wore and how he was photographed and what angle was taken. I'm sure it kind of manifested itself um, in itself in many different respects other than just, you know, I'm going to go get another, you know, nose job or whatever. I just feel like I don't think that it was intentional. Uh, if you look 
throughout the 80s and even up to the early 90s. He didn't look that much different, uh, really. It was just his nose. It wasn't until, I believe, the early 2000s that you really started to, you know, see that change in him. So I feel like it was just the nose and then it went wrong. So he had to, you know, keep working on his nose. And then you have to think about the third degree burns with, you know, the fire on his head and how he needed surgery for that. And then it just seemed like after that he had issues with like his face. And I don't know, I don't think it was an addiction. I just see it as like things went wrong. And the more that they went wrong, the more he had to change. And that kind of brought up the, oh, Michael Jackson is addicted to changing himself. I don't really think it was like that. Uh, I just feel like he more so had to instead of wanted to outside of his nose. But I think it definitely spiraled from that going wrong. Um, personally, I think he wasn't addicted to plastic surgery I think he was addicted to making people happy I think for the longest time that was his job that was his job from the beginning was to make people happy and that's what happens when you're like a child star. I mean I can't speak for that because I never have been you know a child star but I think that's your job especially when you're that young you're it's all about like what you're doing and how you present yourself and I think also he had a lot of unresolved childhood trauma from from his dad and and he didn't really know his dad and there was a lot of like a barrier like between them and he just kind of was okay with that and I was just kind of like oh well I don't really know him and yes he did you know beat me and that was kind of it and also when you get to that you know level of fame and and you have people telling you what to do and you have all the wealth you could have who's gonna say no to to you changing yourself you have he has the resources to do it it's like imagine like you or i being like and we like have someone's like well i don't like you know how you look or something like that and that really lays with us but we can't fix ourselves we don't have money to get plastic surgery all the time he had resources to be able to change himself all the time and so that's the kind of what happened and it just kept going kept going and kept going and he just was like nobody and people kept saying like why is he changing himself? And like, even when he was trying to change himself for other people and himself, they were, it was just never enough. You know, I think he just felt worn out by it, that he'd done all this work to be accepted. And then there were still people Mm. who were giving him backlash. Yeah. And I I think, and I think during that time, I'm thinking about like the, you know, thriller era that like he had the means, he had the best surgeons, he had, you know, he was a perfectionist. He kind of felt like, if I'm not unhappy with something, I, you know, money can resolve it all. I'll get someone to fix it. And I don't think, and I think also our like ideas around plastic surgery, like I don't think he fully understood around, you know, once something is cut into and it's scarred and it's, you know, um, it's uh, collapsed or it's botched or whatever, it's hard to get it back to something that is gonna be normal, you know, that is gonna go and, and, um, and get it back to how it was. And I think he was kind of a victim of that. And I guess it's the same thing with the yes people. I'm sure there were surgeons out there that said, oh yeah, Michael, it's really simple. You just do this, do that. It'll all be resolved. It'll look amazing. You'll look so much better. You'll breathe perfectly. And then when he actually got to do it, it, was, it wasn't it was that at all. Yeah, and I, I also want to add to that too, because you know the doctors could have been honest or they could have just not known how things would work out. Um, I had a close family member that just had um, some plastic surgery done 
and her doctor was like, hey, you may need to get a second procedure after this for it to look perfect. And, you know, there's that time period in which, you know, the skin and the body and the inflammation settles down and you have a year or two years to, for whatever you're getting done to reach its final form. Who knows? Maybe Michael Jackson was also impatient because he grew up kind of just getting whatever he wanted and being told, like, yeah, sure, we can do this quickly, you know. If you think about it, you know, when most people get plastic surgery, let's say they get um, liposuction or breast implants or reduction or whatever, it takes about a year for the body to fully form and just, you know, heal with the scar tissue and all of that. Now, Michael Jackson could have seen, you know, some of the plastic surgery he's getting done and he's like, oh, well, this doesn't look exactly how I want it to do. Let's just do it again. You know, and I think that could also play a role um, because you really never know how things are going to turn out because doctors don't know until you're actually under the knife. I think that's also an issue is that he probably didn't have a lot of people because it's Michael Jackson that you're working on. So who's going to have, you know, the gut to be like, this probably isn't a good idea or this isn't going to be the way that you think it is. If you say that to someone like Michael and then it goes wrong, you're done. There's no coming back from messing up with the biggest star in the world. And I think that towards the end, that really hurt him. And I, I just feel like more people need to be aware that these are people too. If you see something that you don't think is going to be right, talk to him about it. Don't be like, oh, well, this is Michael. So I'll just, I'll do it and make him happy. That's not how it should be, and that was a big struggle for him. It was just seen as being completely, like, people didn't understand, like, a perfectly attractive-looking person going and having surgery to make themselves look better. It just seemed like, why would you do that? When today, it's just so commonplace, you know? Everyone who's rich and famous, who are perfectly attractive people, get plastic surgery all the time, and it's something that we're used to. So maybe his kind of pursuit of that is something which is actually almost like he's a trailblazer or that was something which is um he was really forward thinking in that respect well he put a lot of trust in a lot of people so thinking that he was gonna be getting what he he wanted and then uh, i think like at least by like the 90s he was like yeah i don't trust people anymore like um i'm done yeah <laughs> well and i think one thing that's interesting is that i think the media and the public in general because you know presumed that the way that Michael Jackson looked in like the 90s and the 2000s was that was his goal like he just wanted to look you know in that way that like oh yeah well obviously he like lined his lightened his skin and wore makeup to make himself look like that you know he had this impossibly tiny nose because that's how he wanted it but actually when you go back at interviews and you actually hear his own words about his own appearance he was like you know this is someone who was you know, quite radically disfigured by, you know, whether it's from, you know, illnesses they had or, you know, from the different procedures they had that kind of destroyed his, destroyed his looks and he felt really, really down about it. And that to have the media constantly go, oh my God, look what else he's done to himself. You know, when it's like he's had nothing done to his face, his nose has just collapsed in on itself. You know, it's kind of, he's actually trying to perfect it and, and try and make it look normal by wearing like, really over-the-top makeup to try and disguise it in some way and you're like mocking him because of that like, what what's what's you guys opinion around like the media and how they perceived like his his plastic surgery at the time i think that the media was relentless to him because you know he was always constantly changing like you his hair 
to the way his face was. He's always wearing these weird disguises. But, um, I mean, kind of with that, like, he had to, he was wearing wigs at the time during the 90s because, um, because of lupus and the Pepsi commercial, just his, it was just fading away, his eyebrows, so he had to get those tattooed and the makeup just kind of, it made it seem fake. And then also, like, the way, the way he was eating, because there was an, um, I think one of the tour managers or something, but like on the bad tour, the personal chef would make him eat so much, but Michael didn't want to be forced to eat. So we saw like his chin and, um, his cheeks like really sink back and he had this square jaw. And if you look, that's kind of like how his, his father looked anyways, had that square jaw. It was just receding because he wasn't eating properly, basically. And like Michael Bush, his, um, his costume designer said he, they would have to make three sets of clothes for the tour because he'd start out at a 28 inch waist and it would significantly reduce over time so that and then along with the media just he was an easy target same with uh princess diana they were just they were so fascinated they just wanted to get a story because everybody wanted to read all about it i also agree with you there i think the media also um they kind of took liberties into guessing and making up their own theories because Michael wasn't really speaking about his surgeries or making it known. He kind of just would like reappear after a few years and was in a different, you know, he, he looked different. Like, especially between that thriller to that um, bad era, there was a significant change in his outward appearance. And, you know, most of it, I think, can be attributed to, you know, his vitiligo, but he didn't really explain to my knowledge or ever address it until that Oprah interview, which is like a lot of time later. And so I think that the media, of course they, they shouldn't have done it, but I definitely think that they kind of took it upon themselves to kind of make it more of a spectacle and more of a big deal because they didn't have any information and from Michael. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's just um, really unfortunate because I also think that Michael Jackson's plastic surgery was not as drastic as people think, but it, he looked very drastically different because of the skin, like, you know, his skin changing. I think it made him look like kind of a different person, whereas you see people all the time that get plastic mm. surgery. You know, I mean, Janet has had a lot of plastic surgery on her face, and she looks very much the same. Um, I mean, she looks similar to Michael almost in his later years now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and to me, she looks very much the same as when she did like, when she was younger. Her skin tone is the same. Yeah, she does. God. I think it's unfortunate because with that much like skepticism from the media, it just almost makes it as if whenever he's anywhere or doing anything, that he was just explaining himself. And like... I think that just sucks because if you are an artist putting out music that that resonates with you and all you have to do all the time is explain yourself and why you do the things you do and just every move you make that's that's dehumanizing and I think that was the crazy thing about that 1993 interview with Oprah was that even like before like when people were like when Oprah had that big show and she was like what do you have any words for Michael as he does this and it's like this huge huge thing of him just explaining himself and then I, I, I watch the interview all the time and I think it's it's kind of fun to like just even see Neverland and stuff but it is like super like sad that that he spent that whole time like answering questions about 
why he does the things he does and are you a virgin and blah 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 all these things when they could have been asking questions about what what inspired you to make this album where did this influence come from you know he they could ask so many more good questions but all of the interview questions that got asked to him were always about who he's dating what do you why does he look the way he does just questions that that are just so personal and and he should be able to not want to answer those but it felt like he always had to like he could have focused on you know he didn't have the chance to focus on other things that you know that made him happy with other people it was always about how what he did and stuff that's something actually that i was thinking about when we started discussing this Michael didn't really have too much, but one thing that he always valued and tried to keep was was his privacy, which he said is why he always didn't, you know, enjoy doing television interviews. And I feel like the Oprah interview and with people like Martin, it kind of just validated why he felt that way. So I agree to like be like, okay, I'm gonna give this a chance and then come on and be asked about your appearance and this and that instead of the actual music it must have really upset him and then towards the later years when he disappeared you know he disappeared come back after a couple years look different i just think that all that when you put it together mentally it must have destroyed him i do also think though you know, he, like, I, I find it absolutely incredible that he took that kind of, from really, what, 86, 87 to 1993 to try and explain his skin colour in any respect. Like, that is a good, like, six, seven years that you're just not explaining at all yeah. why you as a black man has turned, like, so into the lightest person in the world, which no one's ever experienced. I mean, I don't think we've seen it since or, or you know, before. Yeah. And... You know, so if you're not going to explain yourself when something is so visible and so evident, isn't it kind of, um, like, isn't it obvious that the media and the public are going to make their own assumptions and that, you know, they're going to they're gonna speculate? Um, you know, because those are the questions which ultimately people are asking. If someone, you know, if they're looking at a picture of Michael Jackson from a couple of years ago to today and it's like, wait, he looks completely different, they're going to say, what has he changed? What has he been doing? Why does he look so different? One thing I wish that he would have known is that no matter how he changed, his fans just still saw him as Michael. He wasn't someone different because he changed his face or his skin changed. Uh, If you go through the years and you watch his stuff, just ask yourself, are you thinking about his looks? Or are you thinking, wow, that's Michael Jackson, I love him. And I just wish that he would have known that a little more and more people would have told him. Because maybe he might have made, he might have not made some of the decisions that he did and it could have ended up a little better for him. It's just sad that we'll never know. Yeah, and I, I one of the things that I want to say too is it always kind of made me confused as to why he took so long to address it. I mean, I guess he didn't want to go into his medical history because, you know, it was for a medical reason. And I know that's what he mentioned to Oprah. But it does kind of make me sad because I know that a lot of people, you know, I I mean, even in my own like family, you know, um, if people don't know, my dad is a really huge Michael Jackson fan. And he's told me stories about, you know, um, when they saw the change, especially in the black community here in America, a lot of people felt like, why is he doing this? He doesn't, he's not proud of being black. He's not proud of his race. And, you know, 
I had mentioned this in a podcast a long time ago that we did um, on, on the Black Lives Matter and everything. And I, I mentioned, I said there was distance between Michael and the black community. Now, what I meant by that was, is the fact that a lot of people in the black community felt abandoned by Michael Jackson because he was a huge black mm -hmm. pop star and mm -hmm. he meant a lot to that community and for him to have just changed his appearance mm -hmm. a lot of the black community did turn their backs on him which i think is sad because michael jackson was mm -hmm. super proud of his race mm -hmm. he was super proud of his roots from gary indiana and motown mm -hmm. and all of that mm -hmm. and for him not to have addressed that i feel like it was a little bit of a missed um i wouldn't say a missed opportunity but i do feel bad about it because i do feel like that was one of the um the more unfortunate things that came out of um I guess his his silence or unwillingness to talk about it for so long is that he lost um, some support and 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 I think if he had been honest about it and had said you know this is what's going on I have a medical issue I do think that some people wouldn't have had that in their mind that you know he changed and he didn't want to be who he was yeah yeah and I mean going along with that because. Yeah. In the 1993 mm -hmm. interview, he says, I'm a black American. I'm proud of my race. I'm proud of who I am. I think that was really strong because he never he never said that, you know, like he was he wanted to become white. Like this is a condition I have. And not not a lot of people are educated on, you know, vitiligo. I I know several people who I talk to and they're like, yeah, Michael Jackson's white. Right. And they don't mm -hmm. they don't know what it is. They're not informed and the common misconception of what people are told and what parents have heard through the media and what they experienced of Michael being this, you know, he wasn't proud, whatever. And it's just ingrained. So people are going, people had that common misconception and there's no reason for them to research or believe anything else. Yeah, and even in that that um, the, the detail you made a video about um, Stephanie Mills, I remember her kind of mm. alluding to the fact that she felt like Michael sold out, you know, because there is that pressure to have a more, I guess, a Eurocentric appearance when you're that big of a star. There is the pressure to get plastic surgery and all that, and I felt I I was kind of upset when I heard her say that because she's an artist herself, and it's like why mm. would you why would you say this about somebody that you know is under all of this pressure and scrutiny and I, I believe that she kind of had an idea that maybe this was a medical condition because realistically like I've never seen anybody um, you know go from his like skin tone to voluntarily do that exactly like no one would voluntarily do that it, I think um, but I also think that and I'm going to say this and this might be an unpopular opinion I also think that there was pressure from internally for him to kind of adjust his facial features also to maybe match his new skin tone. Could that be something? I mean, well, I, th well, I think I think maybe because he, you know, when you think about the bad era, he was really trying to expand his, you know, his reach to, you know, he wants to hit that hundred million album sales. And he was only really going to do that if he was going to expand into new markets. And it was not insignificant that he was, a, you know, a huge pop superstar, but he was also a black pop superstar. And that he um, that he felt like he had to kind of wanted to have an appeal that wasn't wasn't exactly black or white or male or female or gay or straight, but was kind of amalgamation of, of many different things. And um, that he was trying to appeal to everyone. 
like I could never imagine like one of the Kardashians who I believe they've gotten a lot of like uh, adjustments to their bodies. People who do interviews now would not be asking them, hey, so did you get your nose done again? Did you get your waist snatched again? How about those butt implants? Like people would never ask that. And it's so weird now going backwards to think about how people had the audacity to even ask that to Michael Jackson. It's just weird. And he also talked about how, you know, people like white people would like make themselves darker. You know, they go out on the beaches and they tan and, you know, we find that really, really attractive. And it's not even for a medical condition. You know, we just go out there just because tan is like whatever. But as soon as Michael, who has a skin condition and can't control it and he's in the scrutiny of the media media and just at the mercy of anybody is constantly changing it's it's kind of like a paradox like why why him why why did we only have to focus on him when everybody else around him is doing it and for the wrong reason and there's like one more thing that i want to bring up too going back to his childhood and hearing that like he got teased a lot about his nose um maybe that was like you know something that just he couldn't let go of um I know for a lot of people, you know, when they hear things when they're younger, it just stays with you. You know, it doesn't go away. I just was watching. I don't even know if they have Wendy Williams all over the U uh, the world. Yeah, yeah. Do they? I know. I watch okay. on YouTube. <laughs> okay, great. She just had her Lifetime movie out. And there was a part of, you know, she's had, you know, breast implants and liposuction. And she hmm. talked about how when she was little, weight was an issue. She always used to have to get weight every single morning and how her parents would always say oh her dad said if you if you had a pretty you would you're such you have such a pretty face if only you could lose the weight and so she grew up very conscious of her weight and got liposuction as soon as she got the money you know and some people would say well Wendy Williams looks you know her body doesn't look too natural but at the same mm -hmm. time to her it looks good and to her it's something that she had wanted and I think with Michael Jackson I think the media and even me as a fan sometimes, like, it's hard to think of him as, you know, a human being with these feelings and these emotions. And when money is, you know, n not an obstacle at all and everything sky's the limit, I mean, why wouldn't you get something done multiple times? Especially, like, think about his career. He's not a nine to five. You know, he's got a lot of free time in between these albums, I think. <laughs> so if you're just sitting around hanging out, why not look into some more plastic surgery? Why not? I think that I agree and I feel like the ultimate proof that we have of that is the Martin interview because one thing that always sticks out to me is he kept asking about his father and it's like he hit you he said things to you what would he beat you with what would he call you and Michael started crying and asked him why are you doing this to me so I just I feel like if you when you watch that it doesn't matter how big someone is uh, stuff like that sticks you, sticks with you and affects you for the rest of your life. But do you think Michael Jackson kind of saw himself as an exception, like in terms of plastic surgery? Like, I'm, you know, I'm Michael Jackson. I've got the whole world looking at me. You know, everyone's scrutinizing, scrutinizing me from every angle. You know, I'm going to have to look perfect. Like what, you know, Joe Bloggs on the street looks like and what they, you know, how they look is one thing, but... I'm an exception in that respect because I've got the eyes of the world on me and, you know, and I have to be even better and bigger and, and everything 
uh, more than what anyone else has to be. You know, there's different rules for me. I I think that's could be his mentality because if you look at like how he wanted the bad album was like I wanted it to be bitter, bigger than Thriller, mm. and then he kind of he just wanted he wanted that sensation. So and like in the early '80s, um, like there's interviews that talks about like you know he would release these things to the media, whatever, just like the oxygen chamber, um, Michael Jackson, you know, his monkey, you know, he's just, he was a really exotic guy. And I guess he just kind of maybe fell into like, oh, you know, this is the kind of attention that I want. And then, you know, um, I watched this documentary, it was off of YouTube, but it's like, um, but it was talking about how this guy eventually, you know, sat down and explained to Michael, you know, like, if someone cut out uh, the face of um, Bruce Springsteen and slapped it on a giraffe, the the world wouldn't believe it. But if they slapped your face on a giraffe, people would be like, oh my god, Michael Jackson's a giraffe. (laughs) And just became that common thing of, you know, I guess Michael almost accepted it, because he never was like, he never said no to the press almost. Because on the 1997 interview where he was talking about his son, and you know, it was like, why do you let the press in even though you know they're coming to get you? It's like, well, I give them the opportunity. You know, they should have the freedom to say nice things, but they don't, and it's not nice. But I don't think Michael understood the concept of that these people were just out to make a quick buck. And... They, they, their only intent was to harm him. And, like, he didn't, he didn't have anybody who he could trust. Like, Slash gave an interview saying, like, 90, 90% of the people around him were just, you know, they were talking crap about him. They, he couldn't, he couldn't trust them. And you find all these people that Michael Jackson put his trust, like Martin Bashir, and who completely just damaged his reputation came in he welcomed him into his house and he totally tore apart his reputation and it's just sad kind of just to watch that downfall of michael jackson i actually have a question that i think might be interesting to discuss knowing what we know now about plastic surgery obviously by the early 2000s the damage was already done it had started in the 80s but if Michael had started that today, knowing our advances and how much more we have learned, do you think that what happened to him and everything that went wrong would still happen? Or do you think that that might have been able to be fixed a little more and it, he could have saved it? Um, I mean, like back then, like when everything was coming out, like in the 90s and stuff, there was no social media where people could like have conversations about it and make videos on it and, and give their opinions and post it and reshare it and tweet it. There wasn't that. It was just like, oh, shoot, this is happening. And then there was they, you just watch the news and that was it. I think now people would be definitely more like dissecting it more and stuff if it was to happen now. And there would be all sorts of, of videos and, and whatnot on it. I think it would be a lot more brutal. But with our culture now, do you think like he would... Because, you know, there's people becoming the, the other gender and people, you, you know, their sexualities and stuff like that. Do you think, like, we would be more accepting of it 
and like you know now we know sort of what vitiligo is because there's that one model who has vitiligo if michael jackson said you know i have vitiligo i'm not changing my skin because i want to it's medically do you think he'd be more accept we would accept more as a common society i don't think that his surgeries would have maybe collapsed as much or look i don't want to say as bad but looked as drastic as they did just i uh when you think about sexuality and you know genders and stuff that we're very accepting that well most people but then race is a whole different thing so my thought process is um if he still did all that you know would they still say he's bleaching his skin which to me sounds very ridiculous uh feel like if you did that for all of those years, there would be a lot more damage to your skin than what there was. It's just, it never made sense to me, especially the bleaching comments. Just whenever I hear that, I'm like, what are you talking about? I've, it just sounds ridiculous coming out of your mouth. Yeah, and I think, I think, I think also in terms of when we're thinking about the media and their reaction to someone like, you think about 2007 with uh, Britney Spears and her mental breakdown and how she was kind of like a real target for media and paparazzi and really like tortured in that respect. Like there was no sympathy given to her at that time that this woman was obviously having a mental breakdown and needed some serious help that like she was just like some starlet gone wild, you know, type narrative. Yeah. Um versus someone like Kanye West, um, you know, of the last year or two, where it's been a bit more sensitive. People aren't kind of I don't know, it seems like there's a bit more understanding around bipolar and someone going through, you know, some kind of uh, mental episode um, that there's more sensitivity around him uh, and what he's going through that like maybe people nowadays if what Michael Jackson was going through back then uh, you know was spoken about more maybe people would think more sensitivities around his mental health but I think at that time just because Michael Jackson was this huge superstar he was this outer worldly figure I don't think people saw him as a human being I don't think they saw him with the same emotions the same like um, the same same misfortunes as other people. I think they just saw him as this crazy figure that's just doing this outlandish stuff and they never really considered his own mental health. Yeah, I, I also, I like that a lot. And I think that once you say that, uh, years looking back, it's like, why did I say that? And I think that in 2021, it really shows how a lot of people have matured because... It talked a lot about like Britney Spears and Amanda Bynes and their breakdowns and stuff. And now you see stuff like 2007, the year that we, uh, America lost one of their greatest pop stars. And now we know about the situation with her dad and with Amanda Bynes, like her alcohol issues. So, and I doubt that back when everyone was talking about him, nobody was sitting around talking like this, discussing what might be wrong. Uh, now we're doing it, but I think that when you do that, for some odd reason, it just takes a while for everyone to mature and look back and be like, this is what was going on. I feel bad for this. It's more of regret than thinking in the moment. And I guess like another thing to consider is also, do you think the plastic surgery in any respect kind of helped 
Michael Jackson's stardom and his celebrity? Like, do you think it's something... Like, he was always just going to be in the newspapers. Like, people never really forgot about Michael Jackson. People would be interested in seeing what he looks like, you know, irrespective of how well his, you know, his music was going or his career was doing. Um, do you think it kind of, like... I don't know, like, added this extra additional attention on top of him that kind of, like, made him more legendary, more iconic, more famous. Because um, I think that's one thing they tried to do initially, you know, from Thriller to Bad, was that he thought, you know, he saw himself in 84, 85 being so kind of, like, overly exposed and his image just splashed across everywhere that him and probably everyone else kind of got bored of that same image that he just wanted to, like you know, give himself a new, a new version for people to consume. Um, and he felt like maybe that was, you know, that was the solution to, you know, to reinvent himself. So him reinventing himself, do you think that kind of like helped with his kind of status, you know, the kind of legendary status he has now? Um, well, there's ways to reinvent yourself without changing your appearance. So I think reinventing yourself it's never bad it's always good to give someone something fresh um but i think that changing appearance wise it brought a lot more attention to him but maybe not the attention that he was thinking he would get so yeah when i'm thinking about it, it's like the outfit changes and the way he changed on stage everyone loves like when you think about uh this is it he didn't think that anyone would buy his tickets anymore because he thought that everybody just hated him but he was surprised that it sold out because at the end of the day it's still michael and we love him yeah and i think going along off of what brad said like it i definitely i don't think it was the intention that he wanted but I mean, I don't think he would have been as iconic as, you know, we see him every day in the tabloids, basically, because, you know, there's always those magazines, you go into the grocery store, and there's Michael Jackson's face, and he there's always a new story, whatever, so it brought him f this whole new fame that he didn't want, but I think he secretly thrived for, because he loved, he loved being in the public eye, he loved... He loved kind of like that image almost, but at the same time, it wasn't doing him any good. I think it keeps him more versatile because you think about how many eras there are. There's like MJ eras. That was the one thing that I loved when I first became a fan was that there were so many different parts you could look at. I mean, you could look at the off the wall era, you could look at the thriller era, you could look at the bad era and history, and there were so many things you could you could there was you could never not listen to. Like there was always something to listen to all the time. So many different like styles because he was always trying different styles of music and and styles of you know appearance and whatnot and I think it he adapted with the times as well like I think from each era he he made a, a statement throughout each one so I think when people think of specific like the seventies and eighties and nineties he created a part of that of of what of what it, the eighties were what the seventies were but I think also. When you alter that your appearance that much, like think about how many like most of the acting that he wanted to do was his own, like he did ghosts, he did like thriller, that was all like his stuff he wasn't in any like big you know big movies that were being played, which I think that would have been great, but I think because he was altering his appearance, they were like, 
we don't see you as anything else but Michael Jackson. So if you played somebody else, they'd be like, oh, that's my, you know what I mean? So that's, and I feel like that would have been so cool to see him in a movie that would have, like, he would have gotten, like, an award Edward for. Edward hands. Yeah, would, right, right. Perfect. That would have been amazing. I would have loved that. No disrespect. Oh, no happened. disrespect. <laughs> but I would... I would like to correct you, though. Uh, I remember I was reading, uh, I forgot where the interview was, but I was reading it. And he was a big fan of Will Smith in a Men in Black mm-hmm. series. If you go back to Men in Black 2, That's he true. makes that That's cameo. True. Mm. And it makes me sad watching Men in Black 3 now because I remember him also saying that he was supposed to have a major part in that role and that it was already landed for him. So I feel like what like if he actually had gotten into that role, it definitely would have pushed him to that actor's uh, stardom that he wanted. Could you also hear about him trying out Edward Scissorhands and uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Uh, a lot of Johnny Depp roles. I like that. But I also I also think would it have been a good thing? when he changes appearance so much for the big screen, would they focus on him as an actor and his skills? Or would they just focus on being able to see his changes in a way like never before? I do think that um, Michael Jackson's plus, well, I'll say his end result of how he looked did contribute to him being a more um, versatile and relatable person. Because if you think about it, he didn't really, I mean, he just looked like a very neutral person. So if everybody looks at him and they can find some relation to him and there's no, um, there's nothing really in the way of that, I feel like that's a benefit to Michael Jackson. I mean, there are people from all over the world, all countries, all all ethnicities, sorry, um, ages and backgrounds of people that love Michael Jackson. And I think it's due to um, yes, his plastic surgery, but also, you know, his androgynous look when it came to dressing, dressing, um, when it came to just the way that he would, um, present himself and even the way he answered questions in interviews when people would ask him about his sexuality, he would always not really answer. Um, you know, I I remember him saying that he just didn't want to offend any of his fans or isolate anyone. And I do think that because he looked like someone who was, didn't really look like anyone else, it made it so that everyone could relate to him. So I think it was a plus. Even though it seemed like he was unhappy later on, I do think it contributed to um, him being like this king of pop person that everyone looked up to and admired all over the world. Very true. I very much believe that. I think very much like almost that reminds me of like the dangerous era, like heal the yeah. world and what he was trying yeah. to do globally. And like, yeah. you know, it's again, this out, you know, cause you can't, you can't compare him with anyone else. You can't say, you know, cause some people say to me like, Oh, don't you want to do videos about anyone else? And I'm like, who, who else equates <laughs> Michael Jackson? Like, I mean, Madonna, no, like uh. Prince, no, like Elvis, no, like there's uh. only ever going to be one Michael Jackson, yeah. which is going to like trump all of those. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, mm-hmm. I think that is a good place to finish off. Uh, thanks for everyone's opinions. Really exciting and um, and passionate debate there. Uh, really happy to hear everyone's opinions. Um, so that's us for this week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I really appreciate Bye. it. Thank you. This is my life stream. <laughs> <laughs>